everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast with your hosts, Mike and April. Today, we're interviewing Linda Howe, and she is an award-winning author and the leading expert in the field of Akashic Studies. She was the first person to make access to the records available to anyone with a desire to learn through her pathway prayer process. Linda is thrilled to be sharing her latest work, Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records, Taking Your Life from Ordinary to Extraordinary, published in February of 2015 by Hay House. Her first two books were How to Read the Akashic Records in 2009 and Healing Through the Akashic Records in 2011. Working in the records since 1994 and teaching since 1996, she founded the Linda Howe Center for Akashic Studies in Chicago in 2001, teaching thousands of people globally. Linda's joy is focusing on the Akashic records as a spiritual resource for personal empowerment. So we would like to welcome Linda Howe to our show today. Hi, Linda. Hello. Hello. We're so excited to have you on because we haven't had anyone that we've had the chance to interview yet to speak specifically about the Akashic Records. And we usually like to start off with just getting a little bit of your background history and find out what led you to where you are today in working with the Akashic Records. <laughs> well, you know, this is the $50 million question and it's a great one, right? Because it's real. Listen, here's the thing. You know, I'm... Um, Okay, first I want to say this. I am absolutely delighted to be with you guys and to have this opportunity to to really um, open up, right? Open up the topic and and explore some of the questions you you have about this because it is a new area of exploration for secular people like us, and so it's um, so it's very exciting. You know, there's a a lot that is yet to be discovered, and we are the explorers. So so I really want to thank you for that. Um, you know, I'll tell you something. Uh, you know, I'm in Chicago. I'm very much a Midwesterner. You can probably hear it in my accent. Um, in in my life, um, you know, it's as if I had two lives going. I had the I had the ordinary life, right? You know, I'm from a big Irish Catholic family. I went through school. I did. You know, I, I'm living a life. But but it's interesting because underneath, as so many of us do, I had these questions, questions that really were much greater than my, my ordinary life could answer. Questions like, really, what are we doing here? And what is the point? And, and really, if this is it, oh, my God, we're in trouble. I mean, all of these, these very pressing questions. Anyway... Um, as life would have it, I woke up at the age of 24, and I I had done everything right, <laughs> in my mind anyway. <laughs> anyway, I don't know, I think my parents might tell you differently, but here's what happened. I woke up, and I realized... I had I had done everything right. I thought life was a, like a management game or something, and that if I followed all the rules right and met the deadlines, that I was going to get a prize. Now I wasn't so sure what that prize was, but I woke up and I had done everything right, and I had a life that looked fabulous. It looked like everything I always wanted, and I was in really some kind of spiritual emotional agony. Because it really wasn't satisfying. So I, I prayed the desperate prayer and, uh, and had what was, for me, a, a, a life-changing spiritual moment. 
And in that moment, I recognized that that I, Linda, right, looking out the the window of her third third floor apartment, I I am one with everything. So this, I was unhinged. Okay, that was my first, in, in, it was an experience though, right? And then the next thing that was very clear to me was that not only did the universe love me, I thought, well, that's nice, right? love, but, but I had this sense that the universe liked me, enjoyed me, appreciated me. It was an experience of being known and loved. And it was so impactful. It was so profound to me and, and truly confounding, right, that, that it changed my life. I was 24 when that happened. I am now 61. And I want you to know that I am still growing into that awareness. And at that moment in time, I recognized that I could know, that I wanted my life to be um, more, right? And I set off on the path. And so from 20, from 24 to 40, I had no idea it was going to take so long. You know, I follow, right? If I had known, I probably, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I, I thought, oh my God, I thought you have a spiritual awareness. It's over. But you know, so many of us, this is, we are of the time where regular people like us are having these moments, you know, I, I mean, they're, they've become quite common anyway, which is terrific for us. Anyway, so so here's what happens. You know, I did everything and I loved everything. I checked out all the religions. I mean, self-help. I did everything. And nothing came close to that experience. Nothing. And when I was uh, when I was 40, I was uh, speaking at a workshop. And there was a woman who was doing something on the Akashic record. Now, I have to tell you, I looked at her, she, she looked, she was kind of mysterious and very occult and esoteric. I had no idea what she was talking about, but I heard the word Akasha. And I want you to know it was as if someone struck a chord on, on the piano and I just responded to it. So off I went. So I went to her workshop <laughs> Anyway, so that was in 1994. I learned how to work in the records. When I first opened my own records, the experience that I had was was the closest. Actually, it was quite similar to the experience I had when I was 24. And that was it. I was hooked. And so that was in 1994. I learned how to work in my own records. And I did readings for people for two years. I've been doing readings for people in other modalities uh, since about 1987. I mean, that's, you know, that's what I do, right? So in 1994, boom, off I went with the records. It was captivating. In 1996, I started teaching. In 2001, I was given this access, the pathway prayer process to access the heart of the Akasha. So I went in there um, and, and the whole thing has unfolded. Now, interesting to me is that I didn't even know what Akasha was. All right. So I'm like, first of all, what is this word? Okay. So I came to, I came to learn that it is a Sanskrit word and it means primary substance, right? That from which all things are formed. So that's what this is. It's that it's the the uh, the essence of life before we get to it with our thoughts and 
<laughs> plans and schemes and feelings, right? All this harassment test. It really is. It's the primary. It's it's the it's the forerunner of of manifestation. So so that's what the akasha is. And in my in my practice, and that's how I understand it, this is a it's a spiritual resource, you know. It's a lousy oracle for divination. You know, when people are looking for fortune telling, I say Get a good pendulum and a clairvoyant. Don't go to the records because this is a spiritual resource, right? And it's rooted in love. And and so it's not about, um, you know, trying to change the past or the future because from an Akashic perspective, ev- all of life is imbued with love. And the challenge is for us as light workers and seekers of light to really uh, recognize the light, right, um, in, in the dark places. So that's our opportunity. Anyway, come to find out, because see, I'm from the, you know, I mean, I'm old, right? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the perfect age. But, <laughs> but, you know, where I come from, like the Akashic record is in stone. I mean, there's all this mystery and carrying on about it. And so anyway, um, I, I I was I was quite confused about what what was available like what's what's this really about like that so so working in the records I came to uh, learn that there are two components there are like two parts to everyone's records everybody's in the records like we can't throw anybody out <laughs> I don't care I don't care if you had a bad breakup right everybody's in the record okay every so it's it is a soul level dimension of consciousness that's where it exists like where is it it's not in Egypt it's not in India it's in it's infused in the fabric of the soul it's a soul level dimension of consciousness and what we see here is that there are the two pieces so interestingly enough like like your records, April, and your records, Mike, there are two parts. And the first is the, like, the blueprint of your soul. It's like the, an etching, yeah? It's, it's, the, it's your divine potential, basically. It's who you are in, in truth. And, and that is fixed. Like when people say the records are in stone, this part is fixed, like like your unique potential as a being that is like it's like your soul print like a thumbprint or something and what and that never changes right and what travels along with that are the cattle it's like a catalog yeah of the lifetimes you live through which you awaken to the truth of who you are Come to know the magnificence of your being and live that. And then come to know the perfection of everyone else as well. So so what happens? Now, the catalog of the lifetimes, you know, this is a tall order. <laughs> this is why we have eternity, right? Because we keep like, it takes a long time to wake up. And then it takes a long time. Really? Am I really good? I mean, you know, in the collective, we're just starting to get this idea. We're coming out of, you know, we're coming out of 2000 years that we're bad and whatever. And somebody's going to save us and all this carrying on. I mean, which is all fine. Because it, it was the best idea we had. It was, is, but in the collective, the idea that we are at the level of our soul good. And that everything that we do is is an effort, right? It's a striving 
to uh, to live, uh, to know ourselves, to know the truth about ourselves, to know the truth about others, to really grow into this experience of unconditional love and respect. Anyway, um, I know I've really gone off, haven't I? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, I hope that answers. So this is what, so it's kind of like this is what, and I have to tell you, here's another thing. So, so interesting. When I first came into the records, here's what I got. Okay, now a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are like, they see things, they hear things. Well, the truth of the matter is about 85% of us have what's no, what's called sense of knowing, right? Sense of knowing. And and it is, it's, it, well, you know what that is, right? It's a sense of knowing. Um, some people, maybe 10% of the people who work in the Akasha have, have see images, right? I don't really, uh, uh, you know, every now and then I, every now and then I get a good one and, and then I work on it for 10 years. Right. It's like that. And then, and then about 5% hear things. Right. So so that's the range. So what we're talking about is actually what we're talking about is a, a sanctuary. Yeah. Like a sacred space for allowing the the truth embedded in our souls to emerge. Right. It's a, it's a space of reverence. So it's not like magic. I mean, you understand. So anyway, but here's what happened. This was a trip. I first go into the record. I'm first working in the records and I'm like, I love it. I'm, oh my God, this is, first of all, it just feels so like safe is kind of a smarmy word, but I, I want to say sacred, right? It's like, oh my goodness. Um, it's just beautiful, right? So I'm in this space and I'm, I'm doing my work, right? Exploring questions and all this. And I get the uh, understanding that this is an infinite spiritual resource, now, I thought I knew what that meant. <laughs> the arrogance is like staggering, isn't it? I'm like, oh, my God, I had no idea. So here I am. How many years later? You know, it's like 2015. And I, anyway, so what what I'm finding, you know, so I have my, my first book came out in 2009. Yeah, and that's How to Read the Akashic Records. Um, and it was the first time anyone, any any person had ever introduced a book into the mainstream teaching people how to make this connection um, for themselves, right? And then my second book, uh, 2011, was Healing Through the Akashic Records. And my most recent book, uh, just in, in 2015, is to discover your soul's path through the Akashic Records. And, and Hay House has published that, and it's really, it's very, very exciting. Now, and, and I'm actually working on my next book. So what this brought to my awareness in really a very humbling way is I had no clue what infinite meant. <laughs> Because I just, I keep thinking, well, that'll be drying up any time now. And it isn't, you know, it just keeps going. Anyway, but do you know what I wanted to say? It was so, so fascinating is that, so, so part of, part of my work, right, um, is, is this business of using the record for personal um, empowerment and transformation and awareness like that. That's, I'm, I'm all about it, you know, and, uh, and using it. For that, and it's so interesting because because certainly other people have worked in the records throughout time. This is an ancient, right? It's an ancient spiritual resource referred to, uh, like um, referred to in the Psalms, right? As you know, there's a Psalm one thirty nine, you know that uh, I can't even. I'm seeing it, you know, 
it's about the hairs on your head and the you know the grains of sand and your story being in the book god's book the book of god's remembrance the book of life so it's referred to in uh western scripture uh the word akasha is referred to in eastern scripture i have nothing to say about eastern scripture i don't know anything about it but um anyway so so that's Okay, and then we move along, and then certainly throughout history, you know, different people have encountered the record, right? Now, what's fascinating to me is that in the middle of the 19th century, okay, there was a gentleman, his name was uh, Levi Dowling. He was a Presbyterian minister in Ohio, right? Right, that that sacred state, right? It's just fascinating. So he wrote a book called The Aquarian Gospel of Jesus the Christ, which was, according to his um, understanding, it was channeled from through the Akasha. Okay. Now, that was really, that, that was a very, very bold move on his part and certainly, certainly very brilliant and, and helpful for us. Okay, then we're going to move on and then come along. And don't you know, about 100 years later, we have Edgar Casey. Now, Edgar Casey, you know, really brought awareness of the Akashic Record as a, as a healing um, reservoir, yeah, um, to the Western awareness. This was this was really something else, right? He popularized the Akashic record. And what he did is he worked in kind of like a hypnotic, um, he was unconscious, yeah? And, um, and he brought forth really phenomenal healing um, teachings, right? Ideas, practices um, that, that have helped countless people all over the world. He has done an amazing, amazing thing. But here's the thing with Edgar. Edgar was un, he was not conscious. He was not aware of what he was saying. But of course, in the middle of the last century, we wouldn't be as human beings. We weren't really ready, you know? So, and the, and the other thing is he could not teach you or me how to connect with this, right? So, so, it was was it brilliant and phenomenal and groundbreaking? Absolutely, but we see the limitations. So here we are. I mean, if you think about it, it's not that long. We are now, thank goodness, we thank goodness it's you know post 2012. I thought we'd never get here, but here we are. Okay. In the post 2012 world, this is the age of spiritual maturity, right? Of personal responsibility of every individual awakening to the magnificence of their own soul and living from that place. Consequently, we need resources to empower us to that end. And such a resource is the Akashic Record. Okay, so some of the huge radical distinctions, right? First is that today, anyone who wants to, and we know not everybody wants to, Okay, not everybody really wants to do this, but anybody who wants to can have a more conscious connection with their own soul through the Akashic Record, okay? This is unprecedented in human history, 
okay, for non-clerics, non-scholars, non-mystics, although anybody who wants to do this has a little bit of a mystic, you know, (laughs) you have to be mystic to want to do this. Anyway, but that's cool. Okay, but this is the first time. With the introduction of the pathway prayer process as revealed to me through my work in the records, this prayer is available with, with solid instruction to anybody who wants it. Okay, so when people work in the records now, they are conscious, responsible, and deliberate. It's not random. We are not at the mercy like hoping, God, I hope I bump into that enlightened state again. Like, oh no, this is mine. This is the age when we say, no, this is part of who I am, and this is a way I can get to it. Now, I want you to know, I have no illusions that this is, you know, that people get into the records in different ways. That's all cool. It really is, right? It's because it, people are always attracted to what's going to work for them. So, but what's fascinating here is, oh, I just lost what I was going to say. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm out, I'm out there. Okay. Um, well, anyway, I guess that's the end of that. I, I, just, I guess I'll take a breath. <laughs> Does, okay. this, I, does this make sense? Am I answering your questions? Yeah. So if, if I'm understanding it correctly, um, here we are, we're souls, right? We're born into these bodies, but it, it sounds like the Akashic records are more of like an encyclopedia to our lives, our past lives, future lives. And when you're talking about, we have this blueprint of our soul and what our divine potential is, is there's already maybe a script that is, or a script that maybe there's a pathway for us that if we wanted to get information to look into how our life in this lifetime might work out, that we can access that information in more of an etheric world, maybe through, and maybe you can discuss like how people get there, if it's through meditation, Mm -hmm. but then maybe to also access this data or information to understand past lives or things that we've gone through in the past to understand more. I guess part of my other question would be, you know, why do people want to access these records that we have of our lives? Um, But I just want to make sure that I'm also understanding it to be almost like this encyclopedia of who we are that we can read about. Okay. Uh, Here's, here's how I, I, I think encyclopedia. Yes. Generally speaking. Yes. Okay. However, the record itself, for our purposes, see, it's not, this is not like a hard database, right? Even though it's like the cosmic internet, it's, it's really the cosmic, Go- it's Wikipedia, right? It's cosmic Google. But it's much more, as opposed to like an encyclopedia, it's more like uh, the chronicles of you, right? The chronicles of April. So we open up and in in the record, so so we would go to the record, like why do people do this, okay? So I open up my record. Now, the first thing that is distinct and, and what I'm seeking is it's energy first, information second. Okay, one of the other, like I think very uh, powerful and I think a little, um, oh, I don't know, like a staggering, idea is that knowledge is great, but it doesn't go far enough. Information is terrific, but it doesn't go far enough. There is something greater than that. And that's what we're, see, the record is the convergence zone of compassion, right? Love, 
wisdom and power. It's their convergence zone, right? And so when I go into the record, it says if I am stepping into that, the place, right? The place where those intersect. Now, these inters- the, the record exists at the soul level. So when I open the records, and, and I mean, this is always happening, but it, it's amplified when I move into the record deliberately. It's as if there's a, a light. A, a br- the record serves as a bridge of light connecting us to the source. Now, we're always connected to the source, but we don't always know it. <laughs> and what happens, right? That's the problem is we forget, right? So anyway, when when working in the records, we become we become aware of this of this uh, of this natural um, immutable connection with source, and so we're held in this bridge of light as we awaken to greater to progressively greater truths about ourselves. Okay, now what does this even mean in in ordinary language? So here's. So, so here's, you know, like, why do people, re- why do I read the records, right? Wh- and why do I do readings for people? Like, what's the point, right? So, so here's what, like, I know in my own life, there are I- issues and challenges that are like unbudgeable, stubborn little rascals, right? That make no sense, right? Make no sense. Um, I know, I, I mean, one of my favorite dilemmas. I love this dilemma. It was really something. Here's what happened. I go into my records and here's my problem. My problem is the, how do I appropriately speak up for myself? Okay. I'm an American woman in the, you know, it's post-revolution. I'm like, okay. But for some reason, every time I go to speak up, I feel like I'm going to get killed. I don't feel like somebody's not going to like me. That would be all right with me. But I feel like I'm going to get killed. This makes no sense. No one's ever held a gun to my head. You understand this makes no sense. Now, when we work in the records, we always work in the present because it's the only place to be. And and what comes forward is only what is related. The record is, in, you know, it holds all of, uh, all of who we are. But Not all of who we are is immediately available because it's not useful. What's useful is like what comes forward is what is related to what's energetic related to what I'm dealing with now. So we want to go in, we go in through our, you know, ordinary life challenges and, and difficulties. So I go in with my issue, right? Oh, and I'm all upset because see... You know, oh, I've tried, you know, I've, I've looked around. Okay, a couple things. First of all, I look around. I notice all my sisters, right? I have five sisters. They all have the same issue. I'm like, well, isn't that interesting? Then I look at our mother. Well, she for sure has this issue. So then I'm mad at her because she's a lousy role model, right? Then I look at all my aunts. Well, son of a gun, they have it too. And my grandmother. And the next thing, you know, I, I've got quite the resentment cooking here. Like, What's up and blah, blah, and all this anyway. I've got myself in a tizzy. And I, and, but I cannot seem to get at this, right? So I go into my records and I, and I describe, right? I describe as if I'm in conversation with my, with my own soul, right? I describe my problem. When I'm in, you know, when I go to communicate, when I go to tell the truth, express myself, I'm afraid I'm going to get killed. 
And what I begin to get a sense of is a little girl, okay, holding her mother's skirt. And there is, and it's like in some, I don't know, it's like, you know, I don't know, village, right? Village, you know, maybe like the edge of the farm, like that, whatever. I'm in this hut. There's a bunch of kids. There's the mother. The mother is kind of plump. I'm hanging on to her. And there are young soldiers. And they are telling the mother to, to be quiet or they're going to kill her. Basically, shut up or I'll kill you, right? And the mother, in her effort to protect her children, yells at them and says, get out of the house. I don't know where the father is, probably off at war, whatever. And so the mother mouths off to the soldiers who, who kill her. And I had this moment of awareness that at that point in time, I made the decision that to speak up would get me killed. And I made like some kind of a vow to myself, you know, <laughs> I'm never speaking up. Now, I want you to know, in that lifetime, that was a great idea. That idea did save my life. Okay? And I taught it to my children, who taught it to their children. And, you know, you know, we are our own ancestors, you know. Anyway, so I get here, and I still have the same dilemma. And once I got the positive value of this, that at its point of origin, see, every pattern we have is is good at the point of origin. You know, things run amok after a few hundred years. And it's like, oh. And when I let go of the resentment and all those things that travel with it, I was free. So, So that is like why people go into the records. That's why. It's phenomenal for getting to the root of stubborn patterns that don't make sense. That really don't make sense. Okay? It's also a great resource um, for, for, I don't know, just for learning all kinds of, I want to say the practical application of spiritual principles. Do you know when... um, one of the things I, I really, it was very fascinating to me, um, after I had, after I had come, come, uh, been given the method, yeah, in, in 2001, and, and at this point in time, um, my son was young, my father was dying, I mean, it was, it was a tough time in life, right? And, and I'm kind of a high-strung person with a short fuse, and anyway, and I'm in my records, and I'm like, Help me to see how to be, how to conduct myself, right? I want to be part, I want to be helpful. I don't want to make a bad situation worse. And I'm going in for spiritual support, guidance, insight, encouragement. And here's what I get. This is so funny. I'm in there. I'm like, oh, you know, I was short with my partner and like this. And no matter what I bring to the records, I get this, well, it's okay, now, it's not perfect, not like, yay, let's cheer because he had some bad behavior, but like, you know what, it's okay. You're just, it's all right. And it was so fascinating because after a few months of this, it dawned on me that I was being, I was being healed. I was being taught. I was being led, guided, and instructed in the spiritual practice of unconditional self-love. Because there was nothing I could present within this space, nothing I could uh, focus on. I could not convince the records 
of my worthlessness. Like what a bad person I am. You know, and I'm from this, I'm from the old school where if you're just hard enough on yourself, you're going to be good. It'll all turn out. And what I learned in the records is, you know, that was, that's an ancient strategy that has failed us. It has brought us wars and all this other stuff. And so it's like, oh, really, really, what really works is kindness and respect. And it changed, it blew my mind, blew my mind. So so people come in, I, in, in my practice and in the work that I teach, it's really about using this space, stepping into the space, conscious, responsible, deliberate, to explore our inner truths and get support, like that pure support with, um, you know, almost as if standing in the light of truth. I, and, and it's because, see, once the truth is known, we are transformed, a truth recognized is a truth, you know, it, it just, it, it, it just like, uh, it's ignited, right? Truth recognized is truth ignited. It's fascinating. Um, so, so sometimes when people come in, they're like, they want to find out about other people. And it's very interesting and about their relationships with others, because we always, we can only see like, um, we can only see others through the person that we're reading. Like, we don't open other people's records. You know, we don't open people's records who aren't there. I mean, that's kind of like, I don't know, it's like weird. But uh, so so it's interesting. We see everything as if, because I actually think it's true, as if, you know, the requester who's ever asking for guidance and assistance, we see everything as it relates to that individual. I don't know. And I think that's that's really important. Um, so people come in with all kinds of health issues, right? People have, you know, health issues. Why do I have this? You know, oh, and, and the thing is, sometimes, you know, I, I don't know. I know that there's a lot of... Um, it, it's beyond, I used to be of the school that, you know, if I had a, if I broke my foot, it meant I didn't want to move forward. And, and actually working in the records, I've learned, you know, sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's something else. For, for so many of us, you know, who are here to grow into unconditional love. I did this reading for somebody once. This was so cool. Who was... Who had some who had some real health issues, like real fatigue, and I mean, very sick. Okay, and and the problem was this person was consumed with self-loathing for being sick and for the fact that they couldn't heal themselves. Right, just out of their minds, just mad as hell. So I go into the records, okay, and come to find out, in a prior life, this was an individual who had been like an Olympic athlete, that level of athleticism really in the glory of the physical body, just like, oh my God, breathtaking, but really believed that they were only lovable because of their physical mastery. And in this lifetime, the challenge was to come to love themselves, even though their body was frail. I was unhinged. See, that's what I love about the record. It goes beyond, right? I don't know. For me, that was a that was really something. That was anyway. Did you find when you had that that reading or that awareness with that client, like you said, once the truth is known, do you know? Did they go on to heal where no, they, they went were? On, they went on to get a little bit better. 
but still have a frail body. Okay. See, what happens is, see, the way change occurs in the record is through acceptance, right? Because it's a space of non-judgment. There are three governing principles, fear not, judge not, resist not, right? These are the governing principles. They're the absolutes, yeah? And so you get in there and it's like, oh, so your body is, your, your body is not so great this time around. Wow. I, I mean, it just is. So it wasn't like, oh, you got to get in. It, it just was amazing. So what happened was this person stopped, like let go of all the self. It was like self-loathing and condemnation and, and just said, oh, I have a frail body and was able to go on to, to love themselves and other people and enjoy the life they had. But but always had physical, you know, I, there was never, you know, it wasn't like, oh, great transformation here. But it was enough of a transformation to like, see, sometimes, you know, we're human beings. I mean, it's I think it's such a paradox, right? On one level, we are infinite, e- eternal, immortal. And on the other hand, we really are mortal. We really are, uh, what do you call it? I don't know, flawed human beings, imperfect. I mean, and the the challenge is for us to stand in the truth of the whole of it and to understand that the physical experience is the opportunity, right, to come to love ourselves and others in the face of our human imperfections, right? To not be fooled, to not be fooled by, by aches and pains and financial woes and relationship dilemmas. Um, so, because see, through acceptance, there's release, you know, energetically, negativity, condemnation, that's all crazy glue. You know, anything you condemn, you're stuck with, right? But the minute you accept it, I'm not saying you like it, but accept it like, oh, this is really what it is. Letting go, relinquishing the resistance allows things to move. Sometimes they move as as much as we like, and sometimes they don't. It's all right. Yeah, it makes sense. And how do people, if, you know, I know that you have the book on how to access the Akashic Records, but if people want to try and study this on their own, um, you know, what's the best way for a person to begin the process of experiencing their own Akashic Records? Well, and go mm-hmm. ahead. Okay. And did you have another part to the well, question? Yeah, my other part was just because Mike and I, we've um, interviewed a couple of people about remote viewing as well. And I, I just wasn't sure if, you know, if there's an aspect of where the human beings can remote view these records or kind of, you know, kind of being themselves up and out of their body. Is it like a remote no, viewing no, experience no, or no. is it different? Okay. No, it's different. It's different. Okay. This is okay. First, we're going to talk about that. Okay. Because I think it's a very great question. Okay, and then we'll talk about the how-to, right? Okay, so here's here's how this goes. When we work in the record, we use a prayer. Okay, it says, well, it all kind of, kind of goes together. Okay, the pathway prayer process to access the heart of the record. In the saying of the prayer, there is a subtle shift in perception, right? A subtle shift 
okay? Because we want to maintain our consciousness. In this, this lifetime, this time in history, we are here to not be victims of our own spirituality. You understand? So, in the saying of the prayer, there's a subtle shift. Now, there is what... I want to be careful here because we do not channel entities. See, the records are governed by groups of beings of light who do not personally identify. They're different from spirit guides and like angels, right? Because they all have personalities and stuff and jobs. This is very Aquarian. They work in groups and they have their egoless, which is fascinating because we don't see them. So the point is the energy, the consciousness. So the way this works in the opening of the records, it's as if at the floor of the heart center, let's imagine that's the soul. And at the point of light, approximately 18 inches above the crown of the head is the floor. It's like the horizon of the collective soul. Now we're all part of it. We're never separate from that. We are distinct and unique expressions of it, but we're always connected. Now in the opening of the record, it's as if we we become aware of the beam of light emanating from our soul to the source. Okay. And in terms of location, it's tough because it's non-local, right? The record is woven into the individual soul and into the collective soul. So it is simultaneously within and beyond us. Okay? Now, in the opening of the record, it's as if the beam of light, let's imagine there's a beam of light over your head, that's coming from the record. It's your beam of light. It's your records. That beam comes down. The light comes down through your crown. It passes the chakras. Okay. It doesn't really engage them. That's not the point here. It comes down and it bounces off the reflective surface that is the soul. Right? And so we, it's as if we are in this beam. We're in a sphere of light. Okay, does this make sense? So we are not channeling information. We are not channeling entities. Okay, what we are doing is opening up. We are expanding our ability to receive the infinite light of the Akasha, the comprehensive field of all life, you know, planetary life, yeah, corresponding. And that light flows in. And so that's what, that's what this is. This is very different from remote viewing. Remote viewing, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything about it, so I don't, I really am in no position to say anything, although the word itself, remote viewing, I don't it sounds very unethical to me. I don't know, I'm not into spying. <laughs> I think it's like, but seeing the records, anyway, I, I, I don't know, that's not my, and I don't understand it, so I better shut up. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I will, I don't know anything about it, but I will speak with great authority. I just know the word itself, remote viewing. I'm like, no! But see, this is it's like, why would you do that? I mean, just ask somebody. Okay. Anyway, so that's how this is. Okay. So that's how this now. How, how to. Okay. All right. Now, listen, if I were, 
if I were like, oh, where do I go? What do I do? No, I want you to know my most recent book, right? This Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records. This is a wonderful book. And what's wonderful about it is there is, a, there is instruction, right? Instruction to get you started to open your own records, to make this more conscious. You know, everybody's already connected to their soul. We're not going to make the connection. What we're doing is enhancing our conscious awareness of what already exists. So the instruction is in there for how to open your own record. And then there's a piece on clearing the grievances that obstruct your view of your own path, right? And then the book really is about the book is really about how do I live how do I live in the world the way it is, right? How do I how do I maintain my spiritual awareness and engage effectively in the world? How do I do that? That is what this book is about, right? It's about the discovery, the recognition, the embrace of our own path. Right. And and to really this is it is a very, very exciting possibility to to walk our path with confidence and and really vigor then. Right. <laughs> it's very invigorating. Right. No matter what the path looks like. Sometimes the path looks like, you know, well, this part of my life, you know, I'm taking care of my child. Right. I mean, the path takes different shape at different times. So. um, So and, and then, you know. Um, and I, I teach people. I teach people how to work in the records. I have a complete comprehensive curriculum that I've developed over the last 20 years in partnership, of course, with, with my own records, right? But really taking people through how, how to work in the records and, um, you know, how to use the records for themselves and others and, and gain freedom from limiting patterns and to make that shift from resentment to acceptance and to learn how to to engage in this ascension matrix, right? Activating our own internal uh, matrix that that empowers us to to ascend and still and still participate in authentic ways in the world. Um, so so that's I don't know. Does that answer your question, April? Yep, definitely. Thank you. Great, great, great. So now, what was the other thing you wanted to know about? Um, I think that that answered it. It was about like how does one access how does one access it? I mean. I've had a couple of experiences with not really an intention of maybe looking into someone's records, but with clients that I've worked on and have been doing some healings with, sometimes I'll, I'll ask while a healing is occurring, you know, where did wounding occur in their life? And so I use a metaphor and a visual of actually looking at a file and having a file come up. And usually I'm presented with information about an age and then I'll share that with the client and then a story will come out. And I'll ask the client about that time in their life. And so I don't know if I'm actually accessing an Akashic record or, you know, but th that's been just some of my personal experience that I've been playing around with lately during my healings to just get a better understanding of where my clients, um, you know, issues occur and at what time mm -hmm. in life. And then can we kind of regress back to that and complete some of the healing for them or understanding. Mhm mm mhm mm mhm it's very exciting yeah. that's very exciting yes 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 
I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah, there. No, no. It's, yeah. it's, it's interesting, no, but this is something, you know, that's a very, that's interesting and very powerful and, and certainly valuable to see part of what's interesting to me is that, see, I know, I know that 50 years from now, people will not need to learn how to access their own record. Do, do you understand? It is, but we are the bridge generation. Like I know my mother, my mother was a very mystical kind of a gal. I mean, what a, you know, but, but really everything was always within the, within the context of religions, right? And so we are the first generation in history. I think, I think when I got that, it just blew my mind because I saw the, the opening and really like, wow. So we have this within us. It's natural talent. You know, when people come to a class of mine, I love it. They always say that we open the records and they say, this is so familiar. I've been here before. Well, of course you have. It's just, I'm like, of course, first of all, the only people who want to learn this are people who have the awareness that it's possible, right? And they've bumped into it, but it's, but it's random, right? Because it is a new possibility for human beings, we want to cultivate our skills to match our gifts, right? We want to understand the realm and have some clarity about how, what it is and how it works and how we can best engage it for our own growth, empowerment, and that of others as well. So we're, it's like we're this bridge group coming from, really coming from the spiritual, spiritual immaturity, right, dark ages, into right into a land right into a promised land into a a land of great hope and personal responsibility very very exciting um but really 25 i mean you know 25 years from now we won't need this level of of training because it'll be so many of us will know it, it it'll just be in the consciousness um and I know too, like you know, the prayer that I work with in in the book, right? In Discover, it's it's in all my books, but in Discover, we have a very nice streamlined version of, uh, you know, what the prayer is. It's the pathway prayer. You can get it on my website for heaven's sakes, akashicstudies.com. It's right there. You know, anybody can get it, and, but you can. In the same, and there are some guidelines, right? There are guidelines because I've taught tens of thousands of people. And, and what I've noticed is some things are helpful and some things aren't, right? Like don't drink a martini and then open the records. This is not a parlor game. It's a spiritual practice, right? So anyway, there's all that kind of stuff. But, but we see like how the records are organized, right? That there are the lords of the records who we never see, beings of light, right? Whose, whose responsibility is to maintain the integrity of the Akashic field. That's all they do. It's a great job, right? And then, then next in line, we have the masters. Masters are beings of light. They also, they work in a group. We don't see them, yeah? They're masters. The masters are the beings of light who have been with us since the inception of our soul and will be with us for all time, right? 
and and they really it's like they guide us on our way so to speak it's and and make arrangements for us uh to to have experiences awakening us to our goodness and then then we have teachers and this can be very confusing you know because well you know there's so many systems out there with so many different interpretations of teachers but within the akasha teachers are those beings who may or may not have been in light or been in body right um and what they are is they are like I, I lesson specific. Lesson's kind of a harsh word. I would say more like theme specific. Like like Jesus the Christ, he's a world teacher, right? He's basically my guess is he's everybody's teacher. That's how it looks to me. But the message, like the teaching, is unconditional love because this is time. It's time for everybody to learn that. Yeah. So. And once everybody, and, and then there are other teachers, you know, we have teachers that we do not see. It's not like they sit with us and teach us things. What the idea is, it's not about them, it's about us. It's about, it's about each one of us standing as the intersecting zone of heaven and earth, right? And living life in the truth of that. And so the teachers bring to us soul soul uh, soul growth understandings like this is in this lifetime let's say I'm here to learn self-trust right so I have a teacher or teachers who are working with me on self-trust and once I really get it like for once in all time those teacher that teacher will go to somebody else who's ready to learn self-trust right so that's how teachers they're like they're lesson they're theme specific Okay, that's how it works in this, in this paradigm. And then finally, we have loved ones. Those are people we have known in this lifetime um, who are now deceased, who are really helping us from the other side. Now, they don't do the readings, right? They don't do the readings, and we don't, we don't bring them through. We don't use our bodies, right? We are to be the only occupants, <laughs> Ideally, right? We are the only occupants of our bodies. <laughs> and so, but you know, I mean, it's been an interesting life for some of us, you know, like, all right, all right, I want to be the only one in here. All right. So, so we're not channeling entities because it's not about that. It's, and, but see, and it's not about being a medium, right? And it's not even about commanding the deceased to tell us things. It's about the presence of, of love, comfort, support, encouragement. Sometimes there's, sometimes there's a communication. Most of the time, I don't know, sometimes there's not. But, but the idea is not that they tell us what to do, but they provide us with the insight, guidance, and direction so that we can make choices representing the truth of our being. Because that's what the life experience is all about. You know, the opportunity to explore, experiment, and express who we are in truth in a world. You know, in a world that's really, I don't know, it's kind of kind of a crazy place right now. So. I got a question. Are, are sure. you ever denied access to any records at all? We don't. Uh, uh, do, do, all right. That's a great question. Um, all right, this is how, it's not, first of all, we don't open anyone's records without their permission. 
And it has to be expressed, right? It has to be spoken. It's not like they came to me in a dream. <laughs> you know, okay. I'm like, I don't know. Mike came to me in a meditation and told me to open his records. No, no, we don't do that. Because see, this is about the light of truth moving through us as human beings. If someone cannot ask, we do not open their records. This is intimate, personal, powerful stuff. And it is, anyway, right. And it, it's just, it's, first, it's lousy. It's not right. Okay, so we don't do that. But being denied access, um, so, so I would imagine, you know, we don't read the records of dead people. They don't need readings. They're dead. Leave them alone. You know, what we want to do is I would look into my own records and ask, I want to know about my father or something. You know, or my mother, somebody who's uh, who's dead. You know, I could do that. Um, denied access. We're not all this very. We're not all going to be good at everything. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. It's true. I know. I know. But here's like I have I have students right who are who are so they have they are great op- working with animals, right? Working in the records of animals for diagnostic purposes, right? They're like brilliant. I want you to know, I have a house full of pets. I open their records. I got to tell you something. I don't get anything. (laughs) That's not my work. It's like, like, oh, that's very nice, Linda. Get somebody else who really can do this because it's not you. I mean, it's hysterical. There are other people. You know, I have one student who's really it's, it's stunning. She has this great, she she has a feng shui practice, right? And she opens the records of people's houses, right? Now, I have to tell you something. As a practice, I could not do that all day. First, of, I'm, I'm just not that interested. I mean, I like houses. Don't get me wrong. But it's like. But but it's so it is. But see, this is her work. I mean, it's so her work. So and there are other people who work in. So, so you understand this. There are other people who are very good opening the records of like if someone is is starting a business. Right. They open the records of the business to look for what are the purposes, the intentions, the possibilities. Right. It's about possibilities. It's not about absolutes. Right. Not okay. about absolute. OK. And so. But I have to tell you something. I can open the records of businesses. It doesn't it doesn't do it. I'm like, okay, I can get a little, but it's not so so part of in the discovery process. I mean, you guys understand this. Part of the discovery process is learning really who am I? What is true for me? Where is my work? How can I serve better than anybody else around me? Okay? And I have to tell you, in my practice, it's not its not working with animals. That's all there is. We have, but do you see part of this? So I don't know, you know, denied, that's a, I think that's an interesting question. There's denial only in, like, if we are, if our motives are to manipulate and control, we will do lousy readings. I promise you that. I've seen it a million times. Okay. I, well, I was wondering if, because we've had a couple of people on that talk about how they they're kind of blocked from some information because part of the process with life is learning and like say if you got somebody with like a illness and uh-huh. just for an example and you go to read the records do you ever get like I don't know if it would be a voice or 
you know, a warning sign, say, you know, they really need to learn this on their own. It's almost like getting, no. it's almost like you're getting like a, the answers to a test. No. Like, okay. No, no, no. I don't okay. get that. Okay. I don't get that. I don't get that. See, here's how it is. Here's how this works in my experience. If someone has the consciousness to ask, the universe is generous and will do everything it can to deliver the answer to them. That's been my experience. Now, even if I mean, I don't, being blocked, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I just don't even know what that is. I, I just don't know what to say about that. But I know even, even in the event of, of people dying, see, from the Akashic Records standpoint, death, there's nothing wrong with death, right? It's, it doesn't mean something is wrong. It's a stage of the life experience, right? And so, so one of the things I found in my practice working with people is, is that when someone comes in who's really dying, the records have been very clear and certainly very kind. When people are dying, they know it. When somebody's got stage four cancer and whatever, I mean, right, they know it. This isn't a secret, you know, but to really be straight up with them. Is, is a real gift. Now, do we, do we predict? Do we know when someone's going to die? No. But when somebody comes in or they, when somebody can't even come in, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's like, no. I, you know, I'll tell you, if there is something that is for the good of, of the client, it will be revealed. It will come forward. I, I don't understand that. I don't. I really don't understand that being blocked. I. I re, I'm sorry. I just don't know what to say about it. I. Yeah. I don't know what to say. But I also okay. know there is something called the mystery of life. Okay. So here's what happens. This woman comes. This woman comes on a Monday. Has a reading. Great reading. Friday she calls me. Her mother died. Why didn't I tell her? Well, because the experience of. First of all, I didn't know. I didn't know your mother was going to die. I'm not, this is not psychic. So you can work in the records and not be psychic. Where did we get the, somewhere along the line in the new, the new age movement, we got very confused that psychic was spiritual. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I know a lot of people who are very spiritual who are not psychic. They're two different things. But anyway... So, and there is something called the the mystery of life. We are not, the, the point of the records is to be in the truth and go with it to the best of our ability. It is not to gather up enough information to beat the dealer. You, do you understand? This is not like, oh, good. I'm going to, this is what I thought when I first went in. I'm like, all right, good. I'm going to get the whole game plan and I'm going to, you know, I'll do an end run and, and I'll win or something. And what I've learned is like, you know, that's really not what this is about. This is about being, living life as the point, as the zone, as a convergence zone of heaven and earth, being fully human, 
fully spiritual, enjoying the human experience, loving ourselves and others, and being gifted with insight, guidance, and wisdom to know and live the truth. So, these are great great questions. Yeah, what were you going to say? And um, the other question is, is, you know, what would you say for most people is the most significant blockage that stops them from discovering their soul's path and what can they do about that blockage? Okay, there are two things. <laughs> there are two. Okay, the biggest blockage is um, grievances against the self. Grievances. Okay, the thing you did in third grade that you feel bad about, whether there's shame, whether it's um, unresolved resentments, things about it's grievances against the self. Right. That gets in the way. Perfectionism gets in the way. Self-doubt gets in the way. Those things all get in the way. So what the antidote for that is, is unconditional, the spiritual practice of unconditional self-love. Right. And so what that is, and I think this is, I, I mean, it's, it's challenging. It's certainly been challenging for me, is that no matter what, no matter what I say or do, I get on my own side it's like, okay, Lynn, you know, of course, of course you, of course you weren't perfect. It's okay. I love you even though you're not perfect. I am with you even though you're not perfect. The more we move into a state, it's an active spiritual practice, extending kindness and respect to ourselves. What happens is that we release the judgments. Judgments like, I'll be really happy when I lose 10 pounds. Judgments like, oh, I'll, I'll love myself when I figure out how to attract my soulmate. This is all this is all in the way. It's like the challenge is anybody can love themselves when they're perfect. <laughs> but say we're not perfect. It's like, wow, can I love myself even though you know, I want to lose a little weight, you know, I drank a diet coke. Do you see what I'm saying? I was short with, you know, I was short with the clerk. Um I haven't forgiven my sister, do you see? This is because, see, as we make peace with who we have been and who we are now, then we open up to a peaceful and powerful future, and it unleashes the light illuminating the path we stride. So... And I know working in the records, the like like what is it I have seen repeatedly with people is self-doubt. They're like, oh, that can't be the records. Yes, it can. Yes, it is. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It can't be. I'm making it up or whatever. It's like, but see, we can only... What happens is we we learn, right? Spiritual in the spiritual walk, we learn who we are and the kind of stuff we normally make up. I mean, you have to know yourself as a person, right? But but the records, um, self doubt. I mean, if if we're going for a one time, like I'm going to go in once, I'm going to get everything and get out. That's not. This is because it's a spiritual practice. You see, it is not a fix. I, I, you guys understand this, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, cool. Okay. Also wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, and you, you kind of skimmed over a lot of this, but you, you write about taking your life from ordinary to extraordinary. Right. Do you want to uh, talk yes, a little bit yes, about that? Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Okay, okay, so here's how this goes. I know in my own experience, I'm living my life and I'm thinking, all right, I can't wait till my kid grows up. <laughs> everybody, I want everybody in their place, right? And and then and then I'm going to launch out on my path, right? Then I'm going to live my path. Then I'm going to Sedona or wherever the heck I think the path is. And what happens is I'm working in my records and here's what I get. This is your path. My son is my path. My partner is my path. Chicago is my path. My work is my path. There is nowhere to go. It's always been the path. I cannot get off this dang path. I came in on the path. It's not like I came in, I was off path, got on path. That was the path. It's all the path. And so the question then to shift from ordinary to extraordinary, the question is, how do I live in the world, yeah, with the awareness that the world itself is spiritual? This is a spiritual, I know it's material, very clearly, but so so I have to make peace with the world, right? And I move through this, I mean, what was revealed to me was this five-pointed star, right five points five five concepts and and the first the first is incarnation see if i don't make peace with the fact that i am an incarnate mortal being i will not be happy or satisfied and i'm the right person my soul picked me your soul picked you it's like whoa <laughs> okay this is really the way it's supposed to be and the physical challenges i face are perfect for my for awakening to my soul's magnificence. Otherwise, I wouldn't have picked him. Okay, family of origin. It's all the way. It's it's, but it's it's to support this awakening of of really goodness. Then, as a human being, so I get it that I'm here, right? I get it that I'm here. I am five foot two, or I used to be anyway, and. And as a, as a, you know, just dealing with the most basic fundamentals of incarnation, I need to shop in the petite department. If I go to the tall girl shop, I am completely out of my league. I have to find the places on the planet that match who I am, right? And it's always happening anyway. Then there's authority. See, on this earth, there's always going to be authority over us. From a spiritual perspective, this is, you know, I am, am I the author of my own life? Yes, I am up to a point. Am I God in my own universe? You bet I am. But I am not God of the entire universe. Okay. There is a power. There is power. There is life force much greater than I am. That you're right. That's keeping the planets from crashing. You know, all those kinds of things. And I have to make peace with that. That there is authority above me, right? And, and, and just step into the flow, right? And then the next thing is discipline. Discipline, right, is, is the opportunity to consciously, deliberately build structures through which the life force can flow and support me in my walk, okay? I used to think discipline was a dirty word, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, not me. Then responsibility, 
I also had this idea. I love this with responsibility, one of my favorites. Responsibility, I thought that if I were really spiritual, that I would have no responsibilities to myself or others, right? I'd be off the hook, basically. That's what I thought. And what I found is that the soul-level responsibilities I have to myself and the people I love are the crucible through which my human self is transformed to be an optimal transmitter of light. Because, see, it's through responsibility that I have to let go of limiting patterns and embrace new ways, improved, better, more authentic ways of expressing and relating. I know this like, you know, um, you know, when my mother was dying in the nursing home, right, that I really, I had to grow up. I had to learn how to deal with all these people. I don't like bureaucrats as a, as a group. They're not my favorite people. But I had to learn and I came to love and respect them. Okay. And, you know, so, so these are the things, right? Responsibility, commitment, that, that commitment's you know, we have commitments that we carry for lifetimes, lifetimes. And commitment is a good thing, right? It's a wonderful thing. I love commitment. It's like it's what keeps us, you know, when the going gets rough, commitment keeps us tethered to the path because the path is going to get a little bumpy. And then finally, right, by by realizing the spiritual um, essence of each one of these, right, there is there is release and there is um, an unleash, unleashing, right, uh, liberation of, of light and grace at the core of our being. Because at the core of our being does live infinite light. You know, we, we're not here to manufacture light or to, I mean, first of all, we can't. But what we can do is clear away the, the confusion, right? To clear away old ideas and spiritual confusion so that the light that's within us can shine. And that is the shift from ordinary to extraordinary living. And it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, in my experience, it's been phenomenal. So that every trip to the grocery store, is, that's the pilgrimage, right? The pilgrimage is, you know, you know cleaning the house with the family, these are all like phenomenal uh, spiritual opportunities. And when known as such, everyday life becomes right a, a great adventure. I don't know. It has for me and it has for many people. I, I hope it does for you too. I, I know you guys are already, I mean, you're, you're having a great adventure too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. That was great. I mean, that's, we we went well over our our time, but I mean, you covered a lot of information. How can somebody uh, get a hold of you or learn more about you or pick up your books? Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, so here's the thing: there are two things you can go to Akashic Studies, A K A S H I C Akashic Studies dot com, or you can. I mean, if you like Google Linda Howe Akashic Records, you'll find me. Um, and you know, my website, I've got everything is there. You know, my um, my latest book is, you know, if you can, you go to Hay House. I also have a series of articles on Heal Your Life about the records. And um, 
let's see, you know, I offer classes and everything, but you know, you can find me and you know, I love to hear from people. And really, if you've, if you've listened to this show, let me know, right? Let me know. Cause, and if you have more questions, you know, I'm always happy to answer. I'm always happy to answer <laughs> questions. I live for them anyway. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for coming on, Linda. We had a great time. Good, 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 good. Thank you so much, Mike and April. And I, I look forward to um, being with you again sometime. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at com or send us a tweet at the past series. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs>